Good to see you this morning. Uh, as Rich said, my name's Al. I'm one of the leaders here as well. And we're continuing our Light in the Darkness series. Uh, thanks for all the great feedback we've had about this series. I'm so glad that uh, many of you have found it helpful. And, uh, you know, do, if you find it helpful and you think this might appeal to someone who doesn't come to church, even who's not a Christian, who's not used to church, send them the link, point them to the website um, on any of these subjects. Um, Jesus said, something that Jesus said is this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And when we, when we trust in Jesus and we follow Jesus, he does bring light into our lives, uh, the light of a real relationship with God. But he also shines light into the things that we find dark and difficult in life. And that's really what we've been looking at during this series. And today we're thinking about money problems. Money problems and the difference that Jesus can make to them. I don't need to be a prophet to, to say this morning, I think we've got some people in the room with money problems this morning. Because we all go through them from time to time. We all have to deal with money. And um, it's just a normal part of life. And, but it can be difficult to talk about money. It can be difficult to talk about money problems. It can be difficult to uh, maybe share that with other people. Maybe we think people will judge us, will blame us for making bad decisions. Maybe they'll think we're asking for money. Sometimes it's even difficult as Christians to ask people to pray about our money problems for those reasons. Some of us know what it's like to have serious money problems. Maybe you know what it's like to have problem debts and uh, bills, serious bills, important bills you don't know how you're going to pay. Maybe a situation that's getting worse and worse. And um, if that's you this morning... um, I'm really sorry that you're going through that, and I do hope this message helps, and I do want to say at the start that as a church, we do want to help people practically with money problems as well as other problems, and I don't just want to, you to feel that you know, it's, it's just what's contained within this message and then that's it. Uh, we we uh, so pleased to have the Morling Food Bank in our building um, and the great work that they do, um, We've had a lot of um, help and sort of dealings with Citizens Advice and CAP, Christians Against Poverty, who do some great work amongst people with debts. And, uh, you know, there are practical people and places that we can point you to, as well as maybe other things that we can do. So I know it's obviously difficult to talk about these things, but do speak to me or, or Rich or someone else you trust in the church if you want sort of practical help beyond this message. But um, it might be that you've not got serious money problems, but many of us, I suppose, have what you might want to call sort of money challenges, money concerns, even sort of money niggles. Maybe things are always a little little bit tight, running a little bit close to the edge. It doesn't take that much for things to go a bit wrong with our finances. Maybe maybe you've got a sort of difficult relationship with money. You're not you don't really understand it. You don't really sort of understand quite where your money goes and why you keep having sort of problems. Things feel a bit out of control. Maybe you, you've, you've made money choices. Things have happened and you regret. You feel guilty even about some of those things. Maybe for others of us, um, it's, it's more that you'd actually love to help people with their money problems. Um, or you want to actually be more generous. That's part of helping people, isn't it? We want to be more generous 
Maybe you think, actually, I would love to help people more, but, but I, I haven't got enough to, to help people as much as I'd like to. Well, I, I pray that wherever you are with money this morning, this message is helpful, and uh, as I hope you'll see, it's not just my wisdom. I hope it's not really much of my wisdom at all. We're trying to draw out things from the Bible, which we believe is totally relevant to, to life. God knows, God understands, and he's got words to speak into our lives of hope, uh, through Jesus. Well, we're going to look at some words from the Bible, from a, a letter to early Christians, the Philippians, in the place of Philippi, written by Paul, an early church leader. And he knew what it was like to have money problems, or at least to be in need, as we'll, we'll see. In fact, he's writing to these Christians partly to thank them for helping him out financially. But there's some great principles that come out in, from this little bit that he says about contentment, about God providing, and about generosity, and about, in a sense, how those things can kind of work together as well. So uh, let, let me read uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 20. The words are on the screen. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. This is him. He's referring to them helping him financially. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in wants, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, that's sort of when they first became Christians, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is, is that more be credited to your accounts. I have received full payments and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, three things we're going to look at. First one is be content. Be content. Now, that might sound like the worst money advice ever. You know, imagine you book in a citizen's advice. You've got real money problems and they say, well, look... You just need to be content with what you've got. Um, is, is, that, is that the answer? Well, that's not all the Bible has to say about money. It's not all that I'm going to say about money this morning. But it is something very important. It's a very important principle here. And Paul is not talking about these things as someone who doesn't know what it's like. Who doesn't know what he's talking about. He says, verses 11 and 12, I've learned to be content Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need, 
and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in wants. And if you read Paul's story, which you can read um, in the book of Acts, you read a lot of what went on in his life, and you get clues in other parts of the New Testament. He was someone who knew what it was like to be in need. When he became a Christian, he, um, it seemed that he sort of lost all his friends, and he was, he was once against Christianity. Um, and then he became a Christian and was a preacher, and he was a traveling preacher going around, and he was sort of you know, trying to escape trouble a lot of the time. And he was relying on the financial support of other Christians. Maybe a bit of casual work making tents along the way. And you mainly read of him staying with people, kind of sofa surfing. You don't read anything about his home. Right at the end of the book of Acts, the last thing we sort of read about him is he was renting a house. But actually he was kind of in prison in that house. House arrest. He was actually he was in proper prison for quite, uh, quite a few times as well. And in fact, in the, in the book of Philippians, there's various references to actually he's in prison while he's writing these things. He, he was shipwrecked as well. He, he knew about real hunger. I don't think they treated the prisoners uh, in those days. They didn't worry about sort of welfare of prisoners in those times. He knew what it was like to be in need. Some of this... Some of this This help that he was being sent was perhaps while he was in prison. And yet he says that he's learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Uh, So much so that he he kind of thanks them for the gift, but at the same time he says, actually, I'll be okay without it. In fact, what I'm more bothered about is kind of, you know, your response to God in your giving and you helping me than actually what I receive. I don't think that we're really encouraged to be content in our culture. I don't know what you think. And, and so much of, um, I guess so many businesses, I don't blame them for this, but so many businesses are, their, their strategy, I suppose, for selling their stuff is to make people feel discontent with what they have so that they buy more or they buy better or they buy newer. And, and I guess this sort of advertising that we, we come across It can make us miserable about what we don't have. Or it can put pressure on our finances, maybe to buy things that we can't really afford. Uh, And maybe it ties up our money. Maybe it stops us from being generous because we're sort of pursuing this more and better lifestyle that's being sort of put forward to us. Take mobile phones, for instance. Maybe you're someone who resists the pressure with mobile phones. I was just looking on a a very well-known mobile phone company's website this week. And this is what it said about one of their latest phones. This particular phone takes a huge leap forward, bringing incredible speed to everything you do. Everything you do. Uh, and dramatic new photo and video capabilities. It's got the best battery life ever. It's got a dramatically more powerful camera system. Right, so I'll just throw my phone in the bin and I'll just get a new one because clearly it's not good enough. It'd be great, wouldn't it, if there really was a phone that could make everything, everything you do is, is, is better and faster. But, um, you know, these, these are the kind of pressures that we are under and, and some of us are perhaps more susceptible to these things than other things. In fact, I, was, um, I, I got sent an email, some of you know I like 
coffee and coffee machines and things. But um, I was sent an email during the week to enter a competition to win a, a £4,000 coffee machine. I thought, hey, yeah, 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 I'll, uh, I'll enter that. You know, you never know. You never know what might happen. But you can see how maybe these things work. You don't win the competition and you think, hmm, I still like the idea of that coffee machine. I could buy a car for that. Um, but yeah, watch out. Watch out for the things around us that are working against us being content. Whether it's our car, our home, our clothes, our food, our holidays, our coffee machine. Um, it can lead to pressure. Pressure on our finances as we, as we buy things that we don't need, as we feel unhappy about what we can't buy, as, we feel, as actually we tie up our money in these things and actually we don't have much to give away and help others. Now, Paul wasn't actually just talking about you know, being content with a sort of an okay phone and an okay clothes and things. He was talking about being content even when he was in need, when he was hungry. Was he like some kind of Bear grills survival kind of expert, you know, having the dew from the, the flowers and eating the berries? No, no, that's not his secret. His secret is this, verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It's talking about Jesus. I can do all things through, all this through him who gives me strength. I, yeah, you could take it on its own and think, I can do anything. I can fly through him who gives me strength. No, no, he's talking here about I can do all this. I can, in particular, of course, we can do, you know, uh, God enables us to do all sorts of things, but God's particularly enables us to have strength, to be content and and to trust him. Even even when we could be discontent, we could feel under pressure. And and, and Jesus enables Paul to be content. Jesus gives him peace, even when he didn't know where his next meal was coming from. And, And more importantly, he was able to trust Jesus to provide what he needed. And I'll say more about that in a minute. You know, at the time... Uh, when Paul wrote this, there were were Greek and Roman philosophers around and uh, they believed in contentment too. That was a thing that they used to to write about and talk about. But they believed in contentment of of relying on yourself. Uh, You know, I don't have, I've become independent from other people and other things. I'm I'm self-sufficient. But actually Paul's not saying that. He's saying that we need to be God-sufficient. And later on he he writes this to... uh, Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, he says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. For if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Godliness. Godliness, living a God-centered life, having come into relationship with God through Jesus. And godliness with contentment. Just being so convinced of Jesus' love for us, his care for us. We were singing in that song just earlier. I'm a, if you've become a Christian, I'm a, you can say, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And all that goes with that, I've got my loving Heavenly Father caring for me and watching over me. It means that we can be content, even when money's tight, even when we don't have all the things that we would like. It's great gain. It's a good thing to be content in God's. Whether you've got a lot of money, whether you've got none at all, godliness with contentment 
is great gain. It will save you a lot of trouble. It will free you up to serve others. What are the pressure points for you with contentment? Do you feel content this morning in your situation? How, how would treasuring Jesus above all things help you to be more content with what you have? Sometimes I struggle with, with contentment, like I'm sure many of us do. And sometimes I, sometimes I feel grumpy that I haven't got more and I haven't got better. But sometimes I have to ask myself, look, I'm a child of God. Who am I complaining at? If I believe that actually God overall, I know I make choices, but God works through those. If overall God has put me where I am, God has put me in the situation, God has, God has thought it wise to put me where I am with what I've got, then what, what am I saying? What am I saying if I think, actually, no, no, God, this is not enough. He promises to not give us everything we want, but everything that we need. Now, of course, there are times when we have money problems and actually contentment maybe doesn't seem to cut it. There's a real need. And you think, whatever way I look at it, I need need more. I need more. It's getting desperate. You know, I might feel content, but the the credit card people are not going to be content when I don't pay. Or the, the landlord isn't going to be content when I don't pay. Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, we should pray, give us our daily bread. It's okay, it's good to ask God for the things that we need. We've got to sort of hold these kind of things together, I suppose. Contentment, but also, secondly, believing that God provides. God provides. So verse 19, Paul says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying this, actually he's saying this in the context of Christians who are being generous, who are giving up what they have to share it with him, to help him. But it is a, it is a classic Bible verse about God providing. It's one, it's one that I remember. It's one that's worth maybe you remembering. It doesn't say God will give us everything we want, but everything that we need. And Paul says to these Christians, he says, just as you're meeting my needs... God will meet your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, if someone said that your needs were going to be met according to the riches of Jeff Bezos uh, from Amazon, you would uh, he's one of the richest people in the world, you would think, okay, I think we're sorted here. But actually, this is an even more, more wonderful promise than that. Psalm 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God is richer than all these billionaires put together because he ultimately owns everything and he rules over everything and he guides everything. Paul is saying that he's got, God's got all the resources to meet our needs. He's got the love, he's got the generosity as well. And in fact, the riches of his glory in Jesus, he's shown most fully when, when God did the most wonderful, generous, amazing thing possible. He provided for our greatest need in his love by sending Jesus. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. 
Jesus, the Son of God, he gave up the riches of heaven. He humbled himself. He came as, as one of us. He died in shame. He paid our debt, our sin, for the wrong, paid for the wrong that we've done. He, he sort of bought us out of spiritual poverty, if you like, so that we're free to be forgiven. We're free to know God's. We're free to become, as he puts it, truly rich. That's what it is to be truly rich, to know God, to know his blessings. The riches of forgiveness, riches of a relationship with him, the riches of an eternal, secure future. The riches of actually whatever's happening in my life today, I know God is watching over me. God cares for me. God, God is using my circumstances for good. And if he would do all of that, if he would do all of that uh, through saving us through Jesus in this way, then he's got the resources. He's got the resources to help us. He's got the resources to meet all our needs, as Paul says. And this promise, in a sense, comes up again and again in the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. It comes up all over the place, this promise that God is, God does good to all, but God is especially committed to, to those who've accepted his gift of, of life um, and, and put their trust in him through Jesus. If you're, if you're not a Christian here this morning, your greatest need is, more than any financial need, your greatest need is to, to have peace with God, to be right with God, to know his forgiveness, to trust in Jesus. Give your life to him. You won't regret it. It's a great thing. But actually, once we're a Christian, if for those of us who are Christians, we've got this promise that God will provide what we need. Now, I'm not, I'm not wanting to pretend it's easy because we might not, as Christians, we might not understand. Well, why, why doesn't it always sort of happen when I want it, how I'm expecting it? But can I encourage you, keep praying. If you've got a, a financial need this morning, Keep praying. Keep praying for God to provide. Believing in this promise. Believing in his love for you. Believing in his power to provide. Asking, give us, give me today, Lord, my daily bread. But how does God, how does God answer these kind of prayers? Does he, does he drop sort of cash from heaven? Um, I guess if we asked around the room... I can guarantee, I think I can guarantee, that we would have many, many stories of people who would say, yes, I can think of a time when God provided for me, even in a, in a way that I could really recognize. In fact, I might be going out on a limb here, but could you put your hand up if you, you're a Christian and you think, actually, that I can think of a time when God provided for me? Yeah. Great. Praise God. Praise God. And I've had several periods of unemployment where um, God provided. In a sense, fairly normal kind of means, but God providing a job, it's a great answer to prayer. It's a great way that God provides. Sometimes God maybe gives us ideas about maybe an idea that might bring in some money. Legal ones, though, legal ones. If they're illegal, I don't think it's the ideas from God's. Um, could be something unexpected that, that, that comes. We had this recently. Um, council tax. You know, they reassess your council tax and suddenly they give you a refund. I mean, obviously that maybe doesn't happen that often or some tax comes back or something like that. Um, my wife, Harriet, um, many years ago before I knew her, she worked for a church, more or less as a volunteer. 
She'd had some problems with her car. She'd asked the church, can you help me out? You know, I need the brakes fixing. Okay, well, we'll help you. But it was a sort of voluntary basis she was working. She was getting supported by friends to be doing this year out working for the church. Well, she thought, I think she thought she'd asked enough. And then there were, the bills were, were racking up. Her gas and electric were, bill were, were racking up. She needed 200 pounds to pay them. She didn't have the money. And she, she prayed. And the next day she went into work and there was an envelope with 200 pounds in it with her name on it. She hadn't told anyone. You think, amazing, praise God. That's a great little story. But I don't think that an angel put it in, the, in her pigeonhole. It was probably, she doesn't know who it was, it was probably a person, probably a Christian, probably a Christian who had a sense from God, some kind of prompting about being generous to share what they had. And so the last thing I want to look at from this passage is, is both a kind of response to God providing for us, but also often the way that God provides for, for us and for others. And we can be part of God providing for others. So be generous is the last thing. Be generous. So back to Paul's letter. He makes several references to the fact that the Christians in Philippi have given him money to help him with his needs. He says, you renewed your concern for me. It was good of you to share in my troubles. You sent me aid uh, more than once when I was in need. I'm amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus. It seemed to be the Perhaps a sort of visitor who brought the, the money with him. The gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Paul, um, he, he, he both thanks them, but it goes along with, thanks for their generosity, but also he believes that it's part of him trusting God to provide and, and, and God, I would maybe go as far as to say, God, I don't know about God normally, God often provides through others' generosity. He, he does, definitely does that a lot. Of course, there are other ways he can do it. And of course, God provides, you know, if, if you're able, provides all sorts of normal means, like in, in, for those of us who are able to work and have a job, God is providing. God is providing. We thank God. If you've got a job, thank God for it. You know, if you're getting money from the government, thank God for that, because these are things that God is providing. It's not doesn't seem very spiritual, but God is providing. But God also frequently works through generosity, through people sharing what God has generously given them. It's such a blessing. It's such a blessing to be generous to someone, to give them something, and actually it turns out you you've been the answer to their prayers. It doesn't need to be big amounts, but amazing when you find people are praising God for his provision. Of course, it can seem a bit awkward, a bit embarrassing. You can particularly feel a bit awkward and embarrassing to be on the receiving end of it. But I guess I often think, well, look, you, you know, if it's all part of me being generous and other people being generous, we just need to receive those things just as we would want them to be received from us. And ultimately, we, we just thank God. We thank the people, but we, if, we, if we can, and we thank God for providing. I guess, just worth saying, by the way, I guess we can often feel overwhelmed by the needs around us, whether it's the need to pray about things, another email comes through about a tragic situation around the world, or, or a need, a financial need that you think, I wish I could be generous and I could give to that need and this need and this person. I read a really helpful thing. I think it was a, the writer John Piper. He once said, he said, it, he, said, he said, we can't always help, 
But we can always be concerned and we can always pray. And I'll try and take that to heart. If you hear about a need, you can at least pray and you can at least sort of feel some compassion for that need. But maybe God might be calling you to help as well. But when we can help, I suppose we might think, well, am I going to have enough left over? If I give this away, am I going to leave myself short? Am I, going to, am I going to need someone else's generosity after I've been generous? Maybe, yeah, we, we can worry about these things. And I guess that's why it's so powerful how these God's, God providing and generosity come together in this passage. Just to read it again all together, Paul says, I'm amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They're a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This promise to provide is in the context of generosity. We can especially trust God to provide for us, I think this is saying, when we are being generous to others. It's a bit like what Jesus said in Matthew 6, and it's come up in this series. Seek first the kingdom of God's, and all the things you need will be given to you as well. And, and, and this, yeah, it might sound scary, but it's part of expressing our trust in God. To be generous and trust God with the results. Trust God when the natural thing might be to say, actually, I need it all for myself. I can't be generous. I will be generous when I've got, an, I've got a complete surplus, when I'm just swimming in money. Then I'll be generous to others. Well, it will never happen, will it? Because, in fact, we always find a need. We always find ways to spend our money. We always find things to do with it. But actually, we're being called here to to be generous, trusting that God will also provide for our needs. There's a wonderful bit elsewhere in the Bible. Just last, sorry to throw, send you around the Bible with different things. But another bit that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9, he, he says to some other Christians, he says that actually this idea of, Maybe God giving you more so that you can be more generous. That's a good thing to pray. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity will result, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Be generous. Trust God to provide what you need to keep on being generous. So where are you at with money? Where are you at with money this morning? Is, is being content, is that a particular thing for you to take away? Maybe with all the pressures uh, to, to have, want more and want better and maybe even be jealous of others. Pray for God to help you with that. Maybe you really need God to provide for you this morning. You've got some real money needs. Pray, trust God to provide. Pray for the needs of other people you know. Pray that God will provide for them. But is God speaking to you also about being generous? To to look for opportunities, look for opportunities to share what God has generously given you. They're all good gifts from God. Pray that God may help you to trust him as you look to be generous. And pray that it does result in praise and glory to God as we seek to be content, as we seek God providing for us, as we seek to be generous to others with all that God has given us. Well, let's, um, let's just take a moment of quiet. I think it's always good. You know, we, we've not a few minutes left before coffee. 
But it's so easy to rush on and, and just forget about what God has been saying to us. Let's just take a moment in silence just to, 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 to say, God, what, what, are you, what are you saying to me this morning about these things? And maybe if you're here, you're not a Christian. You, if you want to, you, you can even, you can pray to God too. You can ask God, God, is this, I don't know much about Christianity. I don't know much about the Christian faith. I've got a lot of doubts and questions. Lord, please. If you're real, show yourself to me. And if this is relevant to my life, please help me see it. Let's just have a moment to speak to God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Lord, thank you that if we put our trust in Jesus, we can say that we're rich. We might not feel rich materially but lord thank you that we've got the most wonderful valuable precious thing eternal life and a real relationship with you and lord i pray that out of that pray that out of perhaps a greater and greater appreciation of all that you've given us all that you've done for us in jesus that that everything that we have is from you ultimately lord please help us help us to be content with where you've put us. Lord, help us to trust you to provide when things are are difficult. Please, Lord, help us to seek to be part of your answer, your provision for others as we seek to be generous. Lord, help us in all these things, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.